Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. Good, good morning, Cornerstone. That's pretty good if you're in a silent church. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to be in the presence of God's people. Yeah, right? I love it. I love fellowship. I love coming together as God's children. You know, we had been doing, uh, started a new series on the call of God. And uh, the pastor, I, had a, I wrote down a few notes from his sermon. And, uh, and Miss uh, Evelyn got up and spoke before he spoke. And she was talking about, you know, God calling us into certain avenues of service in the church and and things of that nature, and he does that, and he gives us desires for them things. And uh, but she talked about being a doorkeeper. Doesn't sound very significant, does it? I mean, just think, I'm a doorkeeper. Doesn't sound very um, charismatic type of calling or gift, but. In that essence, it's so important because in the Old Testament, the doorkeeper would usher people into the presence of God. It is significant. Whatever you have in your heart to do for God is significant. And the main thing is that it helps usher people into the nature of God and what God is like. There is no small gift and there's no greater. All of it works together. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. She said we are called to imitate Jesus, to do what Jesus done. And I thought, yes, that is right. We are to uh, put forth the image of Christ. That is the main thing. Pastor said, when he got up, he started talking about being on the wrong direction on the interstate. Being on the right, and it's Good for us to know that we're in the right direction, going in the right direction. You know, that could have been tragic, especially if you was going north on the southbound. That could be really bad. And knowing that you're in the right direction leads to places that God wants to take us. He also said, draw nigh unto God, and he'll draw nigh unto you. How true is that. You know, when we call upon him, he comes to us. But there's a calling, and it's a high calling or a holy calling that God has for us. Things that God has for us is holy. And I've been to, I begin to think, what is holy? What, what is that? And the simple definition is to be set apart for a particular look. You're not common. He said, whatever I cleanse, don't call it common or unclean. Amen. You're not common. You know, when things are common, we don't look at it the same. When things become familiar, we look at it differently. Well, I don't want to be familiar. I don't want to be common. I want to be what God called us to be. Amen. How many has a heart to serve God this morning and do what God's called you to do? 
And I don't want to talk much longer. I just want to get into the scriptures. And I'm going to be over in uh, Philippians 3. We have a holy calling. We have been separated by the works of God. And it doesn't matter about your pedigree or your background. It doesn't matter about any of that. God has called you out of that into him. And when you're in him, he gives you purpose. He gives you strength. He gives you desires. You are not the same as you used to be if you're a child of God. You are different, set apart. And even so much that you have an aura about you called the anointing that people cannot deny. There's something about you. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, there is something about you? There's something different. You are different. You are not the same. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. See, we have to do this because our mind sometimes goes the old way and says, you know, I'm still the same old person. I'm still this this and that. I'm still doing this. But God is the one who sets us apart. We cannot set ourselves apart. God has took us out of what we once were and brought us into that marvelous light, which is him. Philippians 3. And much like all of us, even Paul had dealt with this in his own life. Philippians 3 and 14. Three and fourteen. He said, and this is the Passion Translation I'm reading. But Paul talks about in other versions, I press toward the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. I press, which literally means I lean into the calling, the high calling in Christ Jesus. The high calling is not what we do. The high calling is who we are in. That is the high calling. And when you know that you are in him, anything you go to do comes from that same source. And it's not as strenuous as we try to do it ourselves. When we try to do it ourselves, it becomes a work. But when we in him, it becomes a work of grace. God has something for all of us, but we've got to press into that high calling. Not toward a goal or toward necessarily to success, but I will guarantee you, if you press into Jesus, you will be successful. You will be successful if you press into him. What does success look like? It's different for all of us. But if you're in him, you will reach the success that God wants you to reach. I'm here to encourage you to press into that high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Press into that. It has nothing to do with your pedigree, like I said, or your background, or your nationality, or whatever it may be that seems to hold you back. You know, I don't have any preachers in my family line that I know of, but that didn't stop God from calling me into that. Because I pressed into him, and then out of that came up like a wellspring, something to do for him. 
Yes, mine is teaching and preaching the Word. Yours may be servicing in somewhere else in the church or in the community. We can't forget the community. We are to show forth the glory of God. And when we press into that holy calling, what is the holy calling? It's to be set apart for a particular purpose in God. He said, I press toward that holy calling to lean into it, to lean on him, press into that holy calling. We'll get some more scriptures here. But he said, then I reach for it. He said, I press toward a mark. You know, and I thought about a runner, somebody who runs marathons and all this. What does the guy say? Get on your mark. Y'all can interact with me, okay? <laughs> Get on your mark. What's the, what in that case is the mark? Wrong. It may be in man's eyes to finish life. Or where you start, I should say. But get on your mark. The mark is not where you start. The mark is ahead of you. He said, I press toward the mark. Well, he don't press where he stands. He's pressing to where he's going. And the mark is not necessarily success. He's talking about Jesus. I press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, we read in the gospel where it says no man can take hold of the plow and look back. It's fit for the kingdom of God. Why? Because you can't run straight looking back. You cannot plow straight looking back. We need to get our eyes on Jesus and run toward him and press into him and reach after him. And he'll give us desires in our hearts and he'll show us what we need to do. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. He's called us into relationship with him. He didn't call us into relationship with the religious system, but in relationship with him, let us press toward a high calling in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we lose our focus on our way. But if we put the mark out here ahead of us, we'll have something to run to. We'll have something to run to. And when I do get to that finish line like the runner, I'm going to stick my chest out. And I'm going to break the tape, and he's going to say, you finished your race. You kept the faith. But in the meantime, I'm going to press toward Jesus. Press toward him. Read some more. He said in the Passion, I ran straight for the divine invitation. We think of a calling as something to do, but actually it's an invitation to come and eat. Come and eat. I read in the uh, Gospels where he invited some and they kept making excuses why they couldn't come. 
But we're not making any more excuses. We had no reason why we can't come. He has given us an invitation to come closer to him. This is the high calling. The high calling is not what we do. The high calling is not what we achieve. The high calling is a man named Jesus. See, I'm going to give glory to God this morning. Because they've been disappointments in things I try to achieve. But I've never been disappointed running after him and pursuing after him, Pastor. Never have I been disappointed in his presence. Never have I been disappointed when he begins to talk to me. Never have I went hungry when I came to the feast. I've never went hungry. Now, I think I might be preacher better than you're responding this morning. Because you know what we do? Sometimes we have our eyes on everything else but Jesus. We are going to be a church that's known for the presence of God. I'm going to declare that now. We're going to be known for the presence of God. And people getting set free from everything. Yes, everything. Hallelujah. I'm in the process of getting set free from things right now in my own life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is doing it. He said, I, I run after the, that invitation. You know, God is calling us to a high calling. He has called us into a high calling, which is him. And in him is the fullness of life. This is the high calling. There's no higher calling. There's no higher success. There's no higher uh, job title. There's no higher... There's no higher than him. Right. He said, I press into it. Paul even said it like this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Here is Paul, the, probably the greatest apostle ever. Two-thirds of the New Testament, people say. But his one desire was to know him. His one desire was to know God. And if you know him, out of that flows all the things of life. He gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He gives it all. Hallelujah. Let's read a little more here. He said, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. You know what he's saying? Let's run together. Go for it. Let's run together, Pastor. Let's run together. 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 We might be a little older, but we can still run a little bit. Amen. Now, I wasn't going to grab one of them young people and have them drag me all over this place. But let's run together. It's not just for the pulpit. It's not just for the praise team. It's for everybody that's in the house of the Lord. Come on. Everybody, let's run. Let us run our race. Let us run it with patience. 
Lord, let us have patience with one another, and I pray you have patience with me. <laughs> let us run. God is saying, go for it, or actually, go for him. Run. Don't sweat the little things. God will work that out. So, let all who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by their desires, God will reveal it to them. Not my place. If some don't have the same passion, God will reveal it to them. Maybe he's doing it now. You are not just to be a standby or in rest mode or in sleep mode. You know, if you don't use that computer that I got, or the one that I had, it don't work no more. But if you didn't use it long enough, it'd go into sleep mode. And then you'd have to move the mouse around or touch something to get it to wake up. Maybe God is touching you this morning because you've been in sleep mode. You're not dead, thank God. But maybe you was in rest mode. Now, God is using this word to shake your, shake the mouse or to hit the keyboard or to hit a button to say it's time to wake up. Because if we believe time is short, then we got work to do. Hallelujah. We got work to do. Get in your lane and stay in it. You need to write that down. I've had a lot of heartache getting out of my lane. Get in your lane and run for God. Get in what God's called you to do and do it with all your heart. Stay in your lane. Stay in what God's called you to do. And it'll all work out. Because somebody over here will be running in another lane. And somebody over here in another lane. And all them lanes lead to one place. And let us all advance together. I just said, me and him took off running. And I didn't even know it actually translated like that. To reach the victory prize. Let us run this race together. Let us press in. Let us reach out. Let us go forward. Let's come together as one. And let's reach Statesville, Iredale County, North Carolina. But God has put us in a lane here. God has put us on a path. God has put us in a purpose here. As a body. This is not an ordinary calling, y'all. This is not something common. If you're apathetic, it's not going to work well for you. If you're easily offended, it won't work well for you either. Because what's about to happen here is something we've never seen. Something we've never seen here. 
here. We can't dictate what revival looks like, Pastor. But one thing I do know is the presence of God. And long as he's sitting on it, I'm good with it. Turn with me to Romans 8. Y'all do have Bibles or phones with you, don't you? Man, that was, that was something new for me when the phones got real popular to actually read my Bible on my phone. I was like, where's my pages at? <laughs> but I love it now because, boom, there it is. There it is. Technology is good unless it breaks. Or they disconnect you. You don't pay the bill. Well, we have a heavenly internet. That bill's already been paid. And we can get all the downloads we want. I don't get a thing in the mail that says your bill's due. He always answers. Romans 8. We have a holy calling. I'm going to read a lot of scripture. So now the case is closed. Passion Bible. The case is closed. That's how he starts off. The case is closed. What case? The case against us. Is closed. Now there's one opening for us. It's closed. It's settled. You have a right to work in the kingdom of God. Not for salvation, but to bring glory unto God. You have been placed in the family of God for such a time as this. There remains no acute. See, this is what we do. We tend to think we're not worthy. Or our purpose is less than somebody else's purpose. But it's not. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. What's this have to do with your calling? Because there is no condemnation. If you think God's calling you to do something and you try and you think, well, maybe that wasn't it. There is no condemnation. There is none. There is none. I'd rather have somebody trying to go do something for God than somebody standing around doing nothing. What I'm saying is you're free to explore what God wants you to do. And there is no condemnation to you if you seemingly fail. There is none. He has wiped that clean. There's no condemnation in him. He said, for the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointed of Jesus have liberated us from the law. The law of sin and death. He has set us free from the law of sin and death. Amen. 
He has set us free from that, from the law thinking. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity. God's son gave his body to be a sin offering. This is so important if you want to be able to work in your calling in God. That's the high calling that God sent his son to take my place. That way I can come to the feast and eat. You know, I think of my field chef in the Old Testament. How he came up under religious system. He was part of Saul's family. And David was God's anointed one. And when they went in and raided the city where some of Saul's people were, one of the maidens picked up a field chef and dropped him. And he became a cripple. Trust me, religion, only thing it will do will cripple you. Religion will cripple you. But there was one that was anointed by God called David in the Old Testament. He said, is there anyone left that's stuck in religion? Actually, he said of the house of Saul. Is there anyone left who's stuck in religion? Or religious duty. He said, I want you to go get him. She said, yeah, there's one. He said, go get him. So they go down there and they get him. He brings him back and he sets him at the king's table. That's what Jesus done. He came, old, he came and got an old religious cripple like me. And set me down at the table to feast. My legs still may, his legs still may be in crippled. But he was sitting in the king's palace. Think about that. You may have issues in your life that you seem you'll never get over. But I'll never keep you from sitting at the king's table. That is the high calling. Sitting at the king's table. I'm going to move on a few scriptures here. Still in Romans. Verse 26 in the Passion says, And in a similar way, in a similar way, and I was just talking about how God sits us at the table. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. He takes a hold of us even in our weaknesses, in our frailty, in things that we perceive should hold us back. God 
took a hold of us. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best thing to ask, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede. Wow. On our behalf, pleading to God with emo emotional sighs, too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows full our longing. Most people who are born again want to do something for God. And sometimes we don't even know what we want to do, but we know we want to do something. So the Spirit begins making an intercession because we can't even express what we want to do. It says, the Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, His holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. We have the Holy Spirit within us, bringing us into that purpose and into that destiny. But when we look up on the eyes of the flesh, it brings death. But the Spirit brings life. He has it. He's interceding for you. Man, y'all should be shouting. I don't have to do anything but go after Jesus. And he'll work it all out. And you know why I'm not easily moved? Because I know that fact. That if I keep pursuing after him, I'll be exactly where he planned for me to be. He didn't say trouble and trials and tribulations and all that would not come. But it doesn't move me. You know what moves me? Knowing that God has a plan for my life and a purpose for my life. Hallelujah. And a high calling on my life. Hallelujah. And all of us are in different, different stages of life. But you're never too old and you're never too young. Amen. Amen. If you're breathing, there's a purpose. Amen. You have a purpose here. You have a purpose here. There's plenty of opportunities here to do something for God. But there's also plenty of opportunities on your job to do something for God. There's plenty of opportunities in the community to do something for God. There's actually plenty of opportunity to do something for God in your family. We want to externally do things when we need to do things in our family. I heard somebody say that's true. That's true. God has restored my family. What do you mean? I thought you had it all together. Hey, you don't see everything. When was the last time, except for here recently, that we all been in the Bible study together? We've all been in church together? Just saying. He can turn your family around. There's no one in your family that God cannot reach. This is the high calling of restoration. This is the high calling. You know how us preachers do, Pastor? We'll preach all these scriptures just to get to one. Just to get to one scripture.
desire of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, His holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our life is continually woven together. Every detail of your life is woven together. You mean every detail? Every detail. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives continue woven together to fit God's perfect plan and bringing good into our lives for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Look what it says here. And we know that all things, and we know this translation better. Go back one. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Very key insertion in that scripture. We are called to His purpose, not of our own. That, you know what our own purpose is? Self-help book. Buy this self-help book. That's your own purpose. But he said we are called to, according to his, everything will work out good for his purpose. When we end the purpose that he wants us in, trust me, everything's going to work out good. Everything is going to work out good. Somebody give God praise. Everything's going, we have a high calling to go after Jesus. And I guarantee you, everything will work out for your good. Woo! It's going to be good. Because we are a people of purpose. We're going to be a church of purpose. And it's all going to turn out good. It's going to turn out good. It's going to turn out good because when it's all said and done, we're going to be in the literal presence of God. It's all going to be good. Take no thought. Take no thought and go after Jesus. Gosh. Go after Jesus. I'm going to close here. I'm going to read a scripture. We have a high calling, and it's Christ Jesus. We have a calling, and it is a man named Jesus, the son of the living God, the image bearer of the great I am. That is our high calling. And all the branches that come off of that tree, it's just all the other things that he has added to us. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. I'm going to read a couple scriptures, and I am done, I think. Hmm. 
He says, God is forever faithful and can be trusted. Yes, he can be trusted. Take a glance back through your life and see how faithful God has been. Look and see how faithful God has been. He is faithful and can be trusted to do this in you. Oh. For he has invited you to co-share. Not to be a bystander. But to co-share. Man. To co-share the life of his son, Jesus, the anointed. One more. Y'all got time for one more? Is this okay? One more scripture. Second Timothy. His holy calling is not for us to do. His holy calling is not necessarily for you to do. Here is the holy calling. He gave us resurrection life. How many has got resurrection life? That's pretty weak. How many has resurrection life? Hallelujah! You better start proclaiming what the Word of God says over your life. Resurrection life. I was once dead, but now I'm alive. Hallelujah. Resurrection life. And drew us to himself. He didn't didn't draw us to a calling of what to do. The holy calling is a draw to himself. And out of this flows everything else. And I'm going to say this. Whether you uh, a drawing, a calling is a drawing, a pulling, a tug. And the Bible says it gives him calling God without repentance. He's not changing his mind, but he's tugging at you. Maybe God's tugging at you in a new direction. Come to him. Come to him today. Come to him. Whether you're born again or you may be what people say, you are lost. But God is drawing you. Maybe over the internet, God is drawing you. You need to come and feast. You need to come and partake of the feast today. God is drawing you. Every painting has a background and a foreground. In the background is things that don't have a lot of detail. You ever watch Bob Ross? 
such a soothing type of thing to do. You know what I mean? But the background don't make no sense, and he's blotting paint and everything, and I'm going, that's just a mess. But as he starts bringing things to the foreground, you see more detail. What God is drawing is you closer to him. And all the gifts are in the background. Not a lot of detail. Can't really make it out. But one thing that should be closer is Jesus in the foreground. So today, put Jesus in your foreground. And all the details in the back will come into focus. Amen. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.